Welcome to Chatsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chatsunami. I'm Satsunami and joining me today is none other than the hero of time himself, it is the one and only Andrew. Andrew, welcome to Chatsunami. It's dangerous to go alone, record this. God, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> Too late. I'm the editor. I get to keep it. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh, and that is another clip fix that I'm going to have to put through. I just, I just see the audio waves come up and I see the spike and I'm like, oh sweet Jesus, what happened there? <laughs> But yeah, how are you doing today, Andrew? I'm good, thank you. I finally get to talk about uh, a topic that I've been uh, banging on your door to talk about for the last how many years? I think prior to the podcast even existing, I was like, when are we going to get to the Zelda episode? Funny enough, you say banging on the door, but it's more like you standing outside my window and all you hear is just ominous ocarina music. I'm trying to open the secret passageway into your heart. Yeah, it's just like fire and flames, but just on an ocarina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm doing some sick-ass licks on my ocarina. <laughs> no! It's just the thought of you just licking the ocarina. <laughs> no, that's not what that means. <laughs> what does it mean? How can you get a lick on an ocarina? Okay, sorry. Let, let's just cancel what we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode. <laughs> this is going to be the main focus. Can you lick an ocarina? And why should you? <laughs> and why should you? Top 10 reasons why you should lick an ocarina. Number one. You don't. But anyway, sorry, side tangents aside, yeah, as you alluded to there, Andrew, today we're going to be talking about a... I was going to make the joke and be like, oh, an indie franchise, but jokes aside, this is a very prolific franchise, that of course being The Legend of Zelda, which has been going on maybe not as long as Mario, but see, to be honest, not far off, really. And of course, Adam and I, being the plebeians that we are, we are not really as into Zelda, But of course you are so that is why we have (laughs) recruited you to yeah basically take us through the world of Zelda talk about it but before we go into that before we get into the real Hyrulean meat of this episode yeah how did you get into this franchise to begin with well I've been linked with this franchise for a long time through my brother who was a big fan of the N64 games Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and so my first experience with the game was both of those games more so ocarina of time which i did not know how to play properly but was obsessed with i thought it was such so interesting so cool and then later on my brother got a gamecube and wind waker and that was kind of the first real instance of a game that i could sort of get my hands on could play understood how to play and went right the way through the game absolutely loved that and so From that point on, I went through and played each of the mainline Zelda games. Not really, I didn't replay any of the handheld games, but each of the main Zelda games I went through and then went back and played the originals as well. So I'm a huge fan of the the franchise and I'm always sort of looking forward to the next game coming up, which should be, if if, if all goes to plan, spring of 2023. Fingers crossed for that and fingers crossed they don't delay it or be like, haha, jokes on you. You thought you were going 
going to get Breath of the Wild 2. No, no, you're going to get Zelda CDI 2. Or 3, is it? Or 4. I don't know. There's too many to get. <laughs> but, I mean, that's interesting, you saying that, that it was like your brother that got you into it and everything, because I have to admit, although I was into gaming in my own right, I never really got into this franchise. And it's not so much that, you know, I saw Zelda... And I, like, wretched at the name. I was like, oh, I don't want to play Link or anything. It wasn't really anything to do with that. It was more because when I was playing the N64, obviously I was playing things like Mario and Banjo-Kazooie and Pokemon Stadium, of course, things like that. I was about to say Sonic, but we're too far back in the timeline for that. But I was playing games like that, and it wasn't until, I want to say, I got a GameCube that I actually played Wind Waker. And I think that was probably my first proper experience experience with uh, Zelda, which is really weird to think about, because you and I, when we both went to university together, we actually played through the entirety of Wind Waker. Well, sorry, let me backtrack. When I say we, I mean you played through the entirety of Wind Waker, and I, like, cheered you on from the background. Yeah, it was it was really our first uh, incarnation of, of our Let's Play series, but there was no one watching, no one recording. I was going to say, except for the odd flatmate who would wander in and then just wander back out again when they saw what we were doing it was like yeah <laughs> like and subscribe and then just like slowly backing out of the room what do you mean <laughs> what am i supposed to subscribe to that was the birth of our like newsletter we just posted through the door no i'm only joking yeah other than that the next game i think i got was ocarina of time but not for the n64 this is how bad i was i got the remake for the 3ds i tried oh, playing okay. it uh, again i just i wasn't getting into it and it's the same with Breath of the Wild. Like, I tried getting into that, just really couldn't. And it's not because these games are bad by any means, because the games have, like, a really rich, deep lore and everything. They've got a lot of world building. They've got a lot of really memorable characters. It's a very well fleshed out gaming world and I can see why people are fans of this particular series but I don't know and again this is a whole discussion for another day but I don't know whether it was because I didn't grow up with Zelda so I didn't have like the same attachment and when I kind of put it down I thought okay this is one of those games that I tried, I played, I wasn't a huge fan of it so now that I've riled up 90% of the Legends of Zelda fans listening to this podcast because I know that'll probably boost lessons because controversy sells ladies and gentlemen controversy does sell but jokes aside as we were talking about earlier today we are going to be talking about what it would actually be like to live in the world of legend of zelda and i know you know you've got hyrule you've got all the other places (laughs) nice one bud I was going to say the boat. <laughs> You've got the, oh, what do you call it? The mountain with the rock people. Death Mountain. Well, Death Mountain as well, yeah. But you know what? See, without any further ado, will we just jump into it? Because as I said before, this is why you're here. I am going to be the tourist of this episode. I am going to put on my handy dandy backpack, maybe put a couple of masks on there, and hopefully not meet with a terrible fate, as it were. See, I can reference Zelda, Andrew. Very I good. Can- very good. Do, do I get a star now? You get you get you get uh, one red rupee. How much is that in nowadays currency? Because the economy's not doing too well in gaming land. Yeah, I don't know. I, like I don't know of the equivalent to like UK currency right now. I know it's a bit volatile. I think the rupee is probably a, 
a safer a safer bet, and that would be the Zelda rupee, not the uh, the Indian rupee. Sorry, for legal reasons, in case you thought we were talking about that. Yeah, you know, I'm a fool. I invested all my money into the Sonic Rings market, so mm. fingers crossed that booms. There was a hole in that plan, uh, and my wallet. So, without any further ado, as I save up all my rupees and we get ready to go to the fair land of Hyrule, will we take a short break and listen to some messages? I think so. As I said before, we will be right back after these messages. I should have opened with, hey, listen, edit that in. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Shatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Shatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our sub-series, Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe, stay awesome, and most importantly, stay hydrated. Hello, hello, and welcome to the What Is Podcast. My name's Tom. I'm Abby. <laughs> My name's Max. <laughs> and welcome. We talk about all things from Dungeons and Dragons to ASMR. We release episodes every Thursday on all your favourite streaming platforms, so make sure you check us out. Peace out, boys. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording on low quality, one track audio waves. But with Zencaster, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with their all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Okay. So here I am, Andrew. Here I am standing in the vast plains of Hyrule. Paint a picture for me. I am standing upon the luscious green grass right in front of me. I'm pretty sure a skeleton just ran by me. I could be wrong. Maybe it was a day skeleton. What can I expect? Because long-time listeners of Chatsunami will probably know that we did a very similar episode to this, where last time Adam and I discussed what it would be like to live in the Pokemon world. So as long as I don't have to milk an Oddish or beat up any children or anything, I hopefully should be good in Hyrule. No guarantees about the latter. Oh no. <laughs> Oh no. Okay, so let's say I get to Hyrule. Where do you think the best place to start off is? Oh, well, I mean, it's obviously different from game to game, but if we're talking Ocarina of Time, we get into Hyrule Field, you're trying to get across into into Hyrule Castle before 
before nightfall because you will get locked out you probably want to hit you you'll go into the town center and you'll just sort of interact with the village people who are just dancing around because there's just literally nothing nothing else to do other than just barter for goods and dance in the square if you can handle the jovial town then that's that's where you'll go first off is this going to be my personal wicker man i mean it's not not that for sure i mean <laughs> it's certainly uh not not midsummery at times but there's a bit more of a supernatural element to the fact that there are goblins and other monsters around. So are goblins run of the mill in Hyrule or am I going to walk into the town centre and, you know, see like a goblin doing its shopping, getting its milk and everything. And then I'm like, oh my God, a goblin. And then I just like punch it in the face. And then I'm like saying to the townsfolk, fear thee not, your saviour has arrived. So the goblin equivalent, I'm saying goblin, it's like they're called bokoblins in the, uh, the world of Zelda. They are like demon spawn of the demon king. And so, no, they wouldn't be going about their business shopping. You'd only find them out in just random sort of encampments. If you're looking at sort of Breath of the Wild, they kind of establish a bit more of a culture to them. They seem very kind of simplistic in nature. They're very kind of like Neanderthal-y. They kind of just huddle around fire and in little kind of like skull caves. They'll have like one sentry around that'll uh, notify the others and they all kind of charge at you. By Breath of the Wild logic, there's like a hierarchy with different colors and like the different colors sort of mean how difficult it is to defeat them so there's there's certainly some sort of hierarchy culture community to the bokoblins but they do not interact with the hylians in hyrule so they're not going to mess me up if like i'm just shopping in the middle of the town center not in the middle of the town center no everyone seems to be traveling all the time and like in breath of the wild You'll frequently come across some travelers who have been like ambushed by Bokoblins and are being like beaten up. Sometimes if you watch them, you can watch them just defeat the Bokoblins and other times you'll watch them just like lying in a like fetal position on the ground as the Bokoblins like dance around them and you have to go beat them up. So like sometimes you can kind of just watch the carnage happen and, and the Bokoblins will be defeated themselves and some, sometimes sometimes you're just like, do I help them today? Mm. Do I want that? I have a question. You know that meme from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure where it's the guy like drinking the wine and he sees his two friends like beating up the one guy and then he joins in? Can I do that with the Bokoblins and just join in? I feel like, oof, guys, yeah, that, that was a tough battle, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> In Breath of the Wild, you can purchase these different kind of outfits, and one of them you can get from a, like a monster salesman is like different masks of the different monsters. So you can buy a big cobbling mask, and then you can go like hang out with them, and they won't they won't fight you. So in some ways, yes. It's just the thought because I'm in real life to break the illusion. I'm a over six foot tall red panda. And the thought of me just with this tiny bokoblin mask, just standing above them being like, Oof, that was a hard day, wasn't it? And they're like, yeah, it sure was not a link. <laughs> Lonk. I've always wondered that. Is identity fraud an issue in Hyrule? And it's an issue in the... the it, it, it happens. There are certainly characters pretending to be other characters and then causing mischief. So yes, yes, it is an issue in, in Hyrule. <laughs> it's just because can you imagine if you went around and you kind of panicked and it's like oh what's your name and you to the chain that you know this is going to be very obscure the chain that links the bridge up and you're like oh my name is um link <laughs> 
very subtle and clearly not a stretch of a jumpier. But you know, like imagine you went around as Link, and then when Link is going away doing all his heroic acts, are there many Links? Is that a common name in Hyrule? Or yes and no, because I mean, your hero is typically called Link. There is one game, I think it's Ocarina of Time, where you can change your character's name to whatever you want it to be. So you could you could change it to your own name or random name or Link, and whatever your name is in the game, one of the characters will have a son, and if you meet that son in a time jump, you sort of encounter him and he's got the same name as you. So that's quite a fun uh, instance, and really it's the only instance where you can come across another Link that isn't yourself. So, I mean, there seems to be some sort of lineage of Links across time that has to be the, the saviour, so like, you're really putting a lot of pressure on your on your child if you if you do call it Link. It actually reminds me of, you know in Wind Waker where your, is it your gran that you live with? And that yes. one, and she gives you like the hero of time like outfit for some reason. As far as I remember, she doesn't know you're the hero of time, does she? Or no, they seem to have some sort of weird explanation each time for why that outfit is given. In Skyward Swords, every like knight of the sky gets given the same kind of tunic but a different color, and so like each year is a different color. And it just so happens that the year you're getting it, it's the green one, and then the mayor of the town or wherever he is so sort of exclaims like oh doesn't that just look great on you I always thought green looked good on you and you're like oh you sneaky bastard <laughs> I see what you're doing there yeah so does that mean you can't wear like the green tunic and everything like imagine you rolled up to like Hyrule Castle and then you saw like the real one and you're both wearing the same thing and you're just like well one of us has to go home and change <laughs> I mean he's what, what is he gonna do he, he doesn't talk in the games is he gonna argue back no so from the outset You've got the upper hand there, you, Yeah, you, you have him there. I mean, you, you are going to bully this mute child, but I mean, <laughs> you do here. Hey, I've done worse than the Pokemon universe, okay? It's all downhill from here. So you were talking earlier about getting in the castle before darkness falls, essentially. Before we get to Ganon and those like creepy machines that crawl about in Breath of the Wild, what are the kind of bog standard things that we need to worry about other than the Bokoblins and me trying to infiltrate and beat up travellers with them. Like, what... Other than me, I'm saying, what else should we be worried about in this universe? Well, I mean, depending on, again, depending on the game, Ocarina of Time, as soon as night falls, you're going to encounter these, like, zombie, well, essentially zombie Bokoblins. I think they're called Stalnox. They kind of appear as soon as night falls. At other points in Ocarina of Time, you'll encounter, like, werewolf-type creatures. I don't remember what they're called, but for all sakes and purposes, they are werewolves. And so, as soon as night falls, you're constantly just berated by these creatures. And the same, same in um, Breath of the Wild, you'll get sort of skeletal bokoblins attacking you. But the fun thing about those ones is if you defeat the skeletal bokoblins in Breath of the Wild, you can take their arms and then you can like hit them back with their own arms and pick up their heads and like kick their heads and stuff like that. So that at least gives you like a, the upper hand where you decide like, hey, I'm going to fuck you up today. Can I just put for the record that you were giving me grief about bullying a mute child and you're kicking heads and taking dead bokoblins' arms? I mean, they started it. They did start it. <laughs> and I'm going to finish it. <laughs> you got to get ahead of the competition. Yeah, I bet you got a kick out of that. I did. Ah, pun. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, these, these are the high quality eagles. Yeah, they had, a, you know. they had a bone to pick with us. So what you're saying is, don't travel at night because you will die. Yeah, if you're not the hero of time, I would avoid nighttime travel for sure. Sorry, that just has like the energy of have ten years experience and <laughs> this job that's only been around for two years. It's like unless you're the hero of time, you have the ocarina. You I have know, like- job experience qualifications just are getting harder and harder for young graduates they they require you to have a master's degree three years experience and also be wielding the sword that defeats evil's bane it's getting really tough for young people these days i mean you're not wrong the only way they can get these qualifications is by going into caves with old men and getting swords Yes, I said that. <laughs> so what? Yeah, the 80s was a different time for video games. You wouldn't think twice about being asked to, to grab Deku Nuts then. Was he like, uh, sorry, this is completely off topic here, but from what I played of Ocarina of Time, I know there's a bit where you have to climb into the Deku tree and you have to kill those horrible spider things, which are still terrifying. How far did you get in the game? Because that is the very first thing you do in the game. Um, I got to Hyrule Castle and I think I met the princess. Oh my god. I know, and I smashed some pots, I know. Oh, well, I mean, you've got you've got the game down there then. I mean, that's that's what 90% of the game is. Yeah, I've, I've got the essentials down. Because that's another thing. So let's say I want to travel. So let's say I got to Hyrule Castle completely unscathed. Nothing shot me, kicked me, bullied me. <laughs> or anything and I'm there and I'm like right I need to get some gear but obviously to get equipment to travel I need money sure so how do I get money because I know there's the obvious ones it's a bit like Mario and Sonic you know it's like oh they're just lying around or you have to punch things and for Zelda in particular there's the infamous joke where you know you smash pots to get money you cut grass to get money yeah Link's profession really is a gardener he does earn the majority of his cash just from cutting grass and finding coins and there i don't know who's just leaving what appears to be like emeralds of of some description like just lying about in the grass just just like someone just wandering around just like throwing coins in the air like mr burns in the higher balloon i know obviously video game logic and i'm not gonna beat up the universe for that too much but if you were living in this universe can you imagine trying to take like a lawnmower (laughs) to your garden and it just broke every time because you kept running over these thick rubies would either be it broke immediately or you've destroyed like precious currency and you're like oh because imagine like going through like your lawn and just constantly shredding like 20 pound notes and you're just like oh damn it oh i need i needed that for groceries this week but that's the thing though it's like you can't tell it's in the grass because it doesn't like pop up or anything until you cut it down mm-hmm. so it's like you would be mowing over it and then you would know until it's too late what kind of economy is this how do people earn their money yeah i mean again it's video game logic but like in breath of the wild there are like walking salespeople going around and you can just sell them just like almost anything in your pockets and like you can be carrying like a thousand monster eyeballs Balls, and these people have to like buy them off of you and so you could just be like absolutely rinsing their bank account because they are obliged to buy these just random objects from you and so like by that logic there's just an unlimited fund that the dealers of this world have you could just be making just unlimited money just constantly in, in that game at least in uh, later games there seems to be a limit at some point you can't earn any more money like you're, it's just like your wallet's too full and sometimes like you'll open a treasure chest and it'll be like 
50 rupees. Oh, you can't take this right now because your wallet's full. Which, I mean, not to be anti-capitalist on main, but I mean, maybe a, a wallet limit is a good thing. I mean, then again, that is very much a first world problem for Link in that case. I have too much money. Damn it! <laughs> You'll just have to, like, get up a call one to carry all his money behind him. Like, come on, don't make me kill the rest of your family, because I will. What are the best weapons, essentially? Like, can we just rock into a shop and then not being the hero of time and just be like, oh, I want that sword and shield? Because I know when you go into the game as Link and you have to do the challenges, don't you? In Ocarina of Time, you have to earn money to buy a shield from the store and you have to, like, crawl into some random space in the forest to find this sword in a treasure chest and that is how you get your initial weapons you can't ever buy a sword i don't think technically not true you can buy a sword from the gorons which is called the biggeron sword or the goron dagger or something that can then be i think the goron dagger can then be trade traded after a series of tasks to become the biggeron sword which is actually better than the master sword but for the most part the average person doesn't seem to be able to buy weapons you just have to kind of like find them in breath of the wild they're kind of everywhere or like you just take them from people that you kill by people i mean the goblins and moblins and all those other monsters just take their arms as you said yeah their arms or their swords or their bats there's just a whole variety of different weapons in different in the different games but i mean depends on the game like some of the games you just have your one sword your shield and then like you can like pick up your various random items that are very useful for like that one temple that you're going through but, i mean for your average joe who isn't just traversing temples like they're not likely to find these items so like where they get a bow and arrow from who knows because apparently the only place you can get it from is just trying to defeat some ancient monster yeah but who decided that uh the sages (laughs) (laughs) nobody i know obviously it's different in breath of the wild and certain other games but it's like for opening their time you're pretty much screwed aren't you yeah it's like hey you've got fists don't you (laughs) fight with them do you think the sages think that everybody has like the same magical powers that they do yeah there's, 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 there's some privilege uh, there for sure yeah it's like oh blast them with your magic and it's like excuse you by what yeah your magic you know you go up is you and that's it they're gone it's like those articles where it's like this young person bought a house with this one trick and the trick is like having parents who funded it step one and how to buy a house Buy the house. Don't be poor. <laughs> yeah, don't be poor, exactly. What are you, an anti-magic person? Yes, I am. Because I have about as much magical fortitude as one of those. You know those starter packs you get where it's like the plastic rod with the two white bits at the end and it's like, oh yeah, look, <laughs> abracadabra. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to get me through Hyrule, I have to say. Close-up magic isn't going to really do the trick. <laughs> Imagine going to Ganondorf, like, yeah, I know you're going to destroy the world, but is this your card? <laughs> Pulls a rabbit out of his minish cap. So who's going to die first, me or the rabbit? <laughs> well, you say that, there's actually a trick you can do in a couple of the games. In Twilight Princess, when you're facing Ganondorf at the end, you can pull out a fishing rod to distract him. Why? <laughs> he thinks of a better time when he was down by the lake shore, down by Lake it called lake hylia fishing for random zelda salmon is that the official term so yeah zelda salmon (laughs) it's everything's named after the princess is just how it is and so yeah so he's just reminiscing of a better time and then in skyward sword i didn't get this to work i did i got the the fishing rod one to work in twilight princess but in skyward sword there's supposedly if you get out your bug net then you can distract the demon king who is essentially what ganondorf 
is it kind of like embodies ganondorf in later games so it's supposed to be like the origin of him but yeah he gets distracted by a bug net so i don't know what the deal with that is yeah because i've seen the parodies where it's the i cannot remember the name of them but the chickens uh cuckoos cuckoos that's it yeah where they just like throw a cuckoo into the same room as ganondorf and they all just swarm him and he just like absolutely beat him to death and it's like yay i got the triforce yeah they're so good is that like actually a canon thing or because i know obviously in the games if you attack them one too many times they're come and try to attack you is there a reason for that or is it just a gameplay thing i think it's supposed to teach children not to hurt harmless animals well that too but then again pokemon also came out in the 90s so nintendo choose a lane game freak is in the name yeah exactly yeah yeah i suppose so they're not like gods in disguise or anything like free range gods no not that we're aware of um i mean they, they might well be but yeah no if you are able to do it in breath of the wild you can throw them into a like monster scenario and if the monster hurts them enough then the monster will be attacked by the swarm of cuckoos there are certain instances where you can do that you wouldn't be able to do that against ganondorf so what you're saying is my best bet is just to get one of those cuckoos and just walk around hyrule with it yeah to be honest i think it wouldn't be a bad idea to like create some sort of armor of these live cuckoos just like strap them all together and just like wrap it around you and then just if someone like hit you then an army would just descend down whoever whoever attacks you so basically what you're saying there's pacific rim but with chicken strapped to me yes <laughs> sure <laughs> It's like, okay, I'll be right back. I need to make a few phone calls. Particularly to the Red Panda lawyer to see if this is ethical and or legal to strap chickens to me and be like, haha, you can't hurt me. Local man arrested because he has chickens strapped to him. Anyway, jokes aside, to recap, I'm wearing the chickens as like boxing gloves, okay? Because mm-hmm. not allowed to have weapons, so I can't cut the grass, I can't earn money, and I'm assuming if I smash a pot, they're gonna... Is there a way to like run and gun? So like, I run into to the shop with the chicken strapped to my fist and I just punch a like, I punch a paw I grab the money I run on the then... ground now tactical <laughs> <laughs> cuckoo and get down just throws a chicken over the counter cool guys don't look at chickens as yeah just the chickens descend on this poor pottery shop oh god that would just be chaos there'd be so much everything <laughs> Just chaos, feathers, shit, you know. Uh, anyway, my hatred of pottery aside. Okay, I've got like some money. I've bullied a child yeah. and I've got chickens as boxing gloves. So my day is going well so far. Where do I head to next? Because I feel as if I'm quite ready. Maybe not to take on Ganondorf, but I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to do some adventuring. So where am I off to? Okay, well, if we're in Breath of the Wild, then you can head in any, any given direction, really. I mean, Pyrrhal Castle is just destroyed. So you, I don't know where you started from in that instance, but if you're feeling uh, ballsy, you could try and take on a little encampment of uh, bacoblins, all kind of chilling, or you could try and take on uh, a hinox, which is essentially a cyclops just walking around. Oh, that can only end well. Yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> and then like, there's a bunch of other weird kind of creatures. There's one that is a giant rock monster whose name is escaping me. That essentially, you have to climb on the back of and whack like a diamond to destroy it, and you get a bunch of like precious gems from that is that not a rihanna song what shine bright like a diamond ah, wacky's back like a diamond yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry continue <laughs> And then there are these like centaur lion kind of creatures. There's these lionels that uh, roam the land, which are, I think, can be argued the most difficult non-boss 
uh, enemies in the game. They are so tricky to defeat. If anyone was to come across them, then they'd be screwed. Or there is the Guardians, which you have come across during your brief playthrough of Breath of the Wild. I don't know if you recall the Guardians uh, walking around with those giant like spider robot things. Oh, I do. They were absolutely terrifying, especially with the theme music, which I like to think is like built into them with wee like mini speakers. It's not the best plan for their stealth purposes, but yeah, you do hear essentially death music when they're after you. Some sort of like laser guided, like a sniper kind of red dot on you. And so, yeah, if you see that, then you're you're probably dead. There's not really going to be much escaping that because one shot generally will kill you. If you have enough hearts, which I don't know how the average person would increase their heart numbers because essentially it's just increasing your life force and like in what capacity would anyone else be able to do that? In Breath of the Wild, you do that by going through shrines and getting these like heart container orb things you can like exchange for hearts or stamina. In other games, you can get like pieces of hearts from random tasks or defeating a boss. Neither of those really seem like something that your average Joe will be able to obtain. So you're probably going to be stuck on three hearts, in which case just literally anyone just like punching you in the face would just lay you dead. So like real life then? Your average person's going to get like a continue screen. <laughs> Imagine you do get punched though, and every time you do get knocked out or whatever, you end up transferring yourself from Zelda universe to Zelda universe. Because as you alluded to at the very beginning of this episode, there are hundreds of places you could go. If you ended up waking up in the like CDI universe, I think I would knock myself out. I don't think I'd press continue when when, when after I got punched. If that was the case, are you sure you want to continue? No, 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 no. <laughs> But yeah, let's say you punch yourself like after you realize you're in the CDI universe. And then can you imagine like how jarring it would be going from something like Breath of the Wild to like Majora's Mask? You're like, oh, why is it so dark? And then you look up and there's a goddamn moon smiling at you. Yeah, that whole game, I think, is some sort of like metaphor for dealing with grief. I know that's, that's a kind of overstated idea. And I think it's been denied. I think the uh, creators have said that's not the case. But I mean, like, that's the first stage of grief. Yeah, my, my my whole <laughs> my whole head canon is that's the case that it's just a metaphor for the stages of grief and dealing with I think it's supposed to be the passing of Navi the fairy that Link is dealing with the grief of or his own death I think it's kind of varies from theory to theory but that's just a theory a chatsu theory thanks for listening if you would like to listen to more of our content <laughs> okay so I punch myself in the face again <laughs> Because this is clearly how I'm getting around. You drop a bomb directly in front of you. I'm just wondering if the chickens come with me, or like in another universe, there's just a dead me with chickens on my hand. Or just a suicide pact with the chickens. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's say, like, I was going to say, let's say I wake up in the Wind Waker universe, but then I would just instantly drown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, let's say, hypothetically, I punched myself so many times that I managed to land on the boat and knock Link out of it. <laughs> just that mental image of falling from the sky and knocking a mute child into the water, which seems to be a running theme in this episode. But yeah, where would I go in Wind Waker then if I had to, like, get back to dry land and to try? and get my bearings as it were well i mean there's several little islands kind of dotted around like you might encounter your main i can never remember I, it's been a while since i played wind waker i can never remember the name of the island you start on which is quite idyllic really it's a lovely little kind of like parad 
paradise island but yeah so that that would be a, a nice little sort of stop off there but you could also find yourself in like some horrendous plant island which just has these giant venus fly traps which are trying to eat you at every opportunity oh that's delightful yeah or you could find yourself at this like volcano island which just has a giant angry dragon at the top of it that's just like got its tail stuck which i mean wherever i heard that one before so what you're saying is tourism is not booming at a lot of these islands no there's no sandals resorts in the wind waker universe there should be i think there's a market for it i mean you can you can certainly rake in the rupees if you had like the right kind of island resort but essentially the world has been flooded i don't quite know if these islands were like all the top of mountains at various points and that's how they still exist but yes there are these different things and there's also like a metal fort which is like a ganondorf's secret compound which isn't very secret i guess it's not a secret compound yeah it's ganondorf's compound which just has like floodlights just like everywhere and if you get spotted then you immediately get like thrown into a jail cell it's like the easiest to escape jail cell in the world though oh yeah yeah totally i totally didn't get caught in that level (laughs) terrible weather we're having Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it it does stick out like a sore thumb i can just imagine you sort of in jail with your ocarina you know like a harmonica just like playing it yeah licking my harmonica harmonica. (laughs) the jail has been like what's wrong with him so like see if i (laughs) can't believe I'm muttered in this sentence. See if I lick my ocarina hard enough. Does that mean I travel back in time to a point where this wasn't a prison and then I could escape? If you have a magical ocarina... Yes. <laughs> stay with me. If you have a magical ocarina, then you could potentially travel back in time with different songs. And different games have different variations of it. Like in Majora's Mask, you can travel back three days or you could accelerate time so that three days passes sooner. In Ocarina of Time, I can't remember, you can't travel in time with your Ocarina. It can take you to the Temple of Time where you can then place a sword or pull out a sword and that will trigger a time travel sequence from what I remember. So, I mean, it's kind of lying in the name of that game really, isn't it? Because the Ocarina itself doesn't travel you through time. Wait, seriously? Yes. If I'm wrong, I'll be I'll be very mad at myself, but I'm pretty sure the Ocarina doesn't actually cause time to change. You can... You what, can why is it... You can, no, no, can... why Why is it called the Ocarina of Time then? Well, I mean, you can change it from like, day to night, I guess. So I guess that is time travel in a way. I can do that by sleeping. <laughs> I mean... Just close my eyes and wake up and be like, oh, it's nighttime, my time travel. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look that up just as we are. Sorry, please continue. I'm going to look that up because what's the point of the ocarina then? Well, I mean, it can like do some pretty nifty things. I mean, it can make it rain. It can make it stop raining. Uh, it can open secret doors. In Majora's Mask, you can ease the dead sorrows and transport yourself. No, that's you put on the mask. Dude. I was going to say you can, you can turn into creatures, but you have to put on a mask to do that. Remove objects, which are very specific put there by the royal family. This is the worst magical item I think I've ever heard. So I'm looking it up now, and yeah, you're right, everyone's saying, oh, it's when you lift the Master Sword and place it back, it causes Link's consciousness to time travel? Yes. So the ocarina does bugger all, except change the weather, and buggers up someone's like feng shui in their room. Yeah, I mean, your average Joe would not find much use in the ocarina, unless you need access through to like Zora's domain through a waterfall. I mean, they all do at some point in our lives. Yeah, the song parts that for you to to allow you to like jump through the waterfall and like opens up a door in like 
the Goron city. It allows you to teleport under certain circumstances, but otherwise, no. Your average Joe probably would never have any use for the Ocarina of Time. Like, it just doesn't really make sense for them. I'm just imagining, like, the Zelda version of Christmas where, like, a young child gets the Ocarina from Ocarina of Time and he's just like, oh man, another Ocarina. <laughs> it just throws it and there's just a whole bunch of them there's in a the pile corner. of them. Yeah. <laughs> Huh, I actually didn't know that. Thank you for enlightening me on that. <laughs> that was... Huh. If you take nothing else from this uh, this episode, then that's it. The, the, the game is a lie. So is this like the Kane from Citizen Kane? You know, I, there's I, no... I wouldn't know. <laughs> Wait a minute, that ocarina doesn't go through time at all. To be honest, do you think ocarinas, like, and this is going off topic slightly, but do you think ocarina sales went up? after Ocarina of Time. Oh, because they were like, oh, the, the hero of time used one, like, get one now. And like, this Ocarina salesman's just like raking it in. My God, I, I want to know the life of that guy. <laughs> the guy with like the trench coat being like, hey kid, you want to buy an Ocarina? It turns off the weather. <laughs> it's like, no, You'll I'm You'll never good. need a watch again. <laughs> I can just imagine how this transaction would go, where the person goes up and wants to buy the ocarina. Is like, oh, what's so special? It's like, oh, it makes you travel through time. So when you play it, it turns from day to night. So, of course, it's daytime. The guy plays it, and then he's like, huh, it's still daytime. So the salesman just grabs it and just smacks it over his head, knocks him unconscious till he wakes up at nighttime. And he's like, wow, it really works. Just throws a blanket over his head and it's dark now. Yeah, he's like, wow, the future is amazing. <laughs> ah, okay, so don't buy an ocarina in this universe. Okay? Yeah, waste, waste, uh, waste of money. So we've really avoided the, I was going to say the elephant, but it's more like a giant pig in the room. That, of course, being Ganondorf, the big bad, the, basically the big cheese of this universe that is the final boss. Is there any way of avoiding him? Or is his calamities and his shenanigans always going to catch up with you if you're the average Joe? Well, I mean, in Ocarina of Time, everyone kind of turned into a zombie. So for the people of Hyrule there, they're kind of screwed. Other people can kind of... stay away from his issues. I mean, in Breath of the Wild, Hyrule Castle's been destroyed. Any residents who were once there are no longer there. But there's a bunch of like surrounding towns where people just kind of seem to be going about their lives. They don't seem super concerned by the giant malice that has been encompassing the world for a hundred years. So it's one of those things, it's like li- living living through just like dystopia where you're, you just kind of, you don't really know anything different. So I, I guess like people have kind of just used to like, oh, I guess the flying demon bats are back. Ugh, close your windows tonight, guys. Do they even have windows? I don't know. Yeah, because they're often like castle places, do they not? And well, I'm not, not trying to say Not all of them. Oh, okay. Sorry. That was very and <laughs> that was very stereotyping Hyrulians. It is. I was I was pretty upset there to be honest. I think that's there there will be a public apology coming, folks. Don't don't you worry. Yes. I'll have to do the big sign go <sighs> I didn't want to make this episode, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to apologize to all the Hylians out there that were offended. I didn't want to have to make this episode. Sounds like the most insincere apology. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they all start, isn't you fuckers, it? I don't want to have to do this, but I've had, I had to. You fuckers, I had to get out of my bed, play my ocarina so it was morning. <laughs> Turn off the rain. Oh no, sorry, put on the rain so, you know, it was more atmospheric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
oh, by the way, I'm also sorry to the royal family because when I played a wrong note in the ocarina, your furniture may have disappeared. <laughs> so I apologise <laughs> if you were sleeping on that bed because you're not sleeping on it anymore. Anyway, so that's in the next public apology video. The regal apology video. But it would seem like an utter nightmare. The only place I can think of off the top of my head is, is it Outset Island in Wind Waker? Yes, yes, that is what it's called. Yeah, that seems to be, uh, other than, you know, the obvious, like, ridge over the horizon, that seems a relatively comfy place. Even though the world's been drowned, don't get me wrong, that's a bit of a bummer. It's not a very creative name, is it? Because it's, like, the outset of your journey, I guess? I was going to say it's, like, Pallet Town, but no, even Pallet Town's more creative than, yeah, Outset Island. That's like Starter Village or Here We Go Land. Tutorial Town. I would play a game with that. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a sucker for alliteration. That's one of my kryptonites, I must say. Yeah, I can only assume in, J- in Japanese it sounds a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem like that, doesn't it? Where we're like, haha, outside island. And it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, one of those memes where it's like, ah, yes, in the Japanese version, it's, you know, a very reverent name. Very poetic. Yeah, it's poetic, encapsulates the culture, the society, the idea of growing from a boy to a man and all of this. <laughs> and then the English stuff is like, we're, we're outside island. <laughs> like, I don't know that for a fact that it's better than the Japanese one, but yeah, it's just a funny thing to think of. They're just like, yeah. Can you imagine if it was just like an intern calling it that? They were just like, hey Jim, we need a name for this. Oh, just call it outside island. It's like, are you sure? Yeah, no one's going to care. It's a Zelda game. We need to think of a name. Something like outside island, but not so corny. Happy outset island. <laughs> I mean, that place seems comfy. In the, from what I know of it, in Skyward Sword, there's quite a comfy island. Well, I say island. I mean, like a rock in the sky. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm so bad at remembering the names of the places I'm looking at. You call yourself a fan. You can't hear it right now, but I am tutting to the maximum. I'm going... Skyloft. It's lofty and in the sky. I thought it was like an attic, like a loft. Yeah, it's it's, it's where Hyrule, like, puts its Christmas decorations. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, considering the reception Skyward Sword got, I can see why. Yeah, unlike unlike Christmas decorations, the reception was not glowing. It was not holy jolly or very festive, I will say that. I started uh, playing that again, actually, because I got I got given the game as a Christmas present. They did the, the remake for the Switch. And yeah, like... <sighs> It's not terrible. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't meet the high standards that other Zelda games have set, especially the likes of like I. I adored Twilight Princess, and obviously Breath of the Wild was fantastic. The the game that followed Skyward Sword. So Skyward Sword is a bit like of the stepchild of the franchise, where it just is not as interesting, and this it's very repetitive as well. You're having to go to the same places over and over again, and the hub world of Skyloft is, isn't very interesting. So it's certainly not as fun, Skyward Sword, but I'm sure if you were actually living in Skyloft and got you got like your sick kind of bird pal that you could fly around on, that'd be pretty fun. And how does one acquire a sick bird pal? Do you just go up to them and be like, yo, what's up? You know, in Avatar, the James Cameron movie, you have to like bond with them and like wrestle them. Look, for the last time, Andrew, I'm not growing a ponytail and whipping a bird with it. No, 
It's not going to happen. I can only assume it's something like that. But no, it, it, it seems to be one of those things where you think you like grow up with the bird uh, and you, you kind of just have like some alignment with the bird. So what you're saying is like, I can't jump on it midair and then the bird panics because I'm too heavy for it. But it's like a fly or die scenario for the bird. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, bird would do in that situation. I mean, if you're jumping on its back, it might just be like, well, I guess this is me now. I'm just dead. Well, I should have seen this coming. <laughs> this is the one thing we didn't want to happen. Kind of as like a summary, because we've talked about the economy, as it were. We've talked about the Highlands not having windows. We've talked about basically having to live with the idea, even as a tourist, that Ganon is going to wreck shit. That's just an inevitability at this point. So where would you say the quote-unquote safest place would be in the Zelda universe? The safest place is probably Skyloft. I don't think there's anything bad that really happens up there. At one point, it does fall from the sky, but stay with me. Oh, oh, just falls from the sky. Okay. Well, it, not all of it does. Only the temple bit of it falls from the sky down to earth. The rest of it, I think, stays up there. The whole idea is like the, there's like a cloud layer and like that everyone up there believes there's nothing below the clouds. So it's just emptiness and you just die if you go down there. And so the clouds, at the end of the game, spoilers, the clouds part and like the people fly down on their bird pals to experience the uh, this, this new world that they've kind of rediscovered. So I think generally that's the safest place to be i mean there's certainly areas of breath of the wild which seem pretty relaxing pretty fun there's nothing really bad that happens in like kakariko village in breath of the wild at least in ocarina time it gets pretty screwed up and in twilight princess it gets overrun and becomes like a western bandito town kind of thing but in breath of the wild i would say either kakariko village or maybe like there's like a beach area which whose name i can never remember where like it's essentially just very tropical and i feel like that'd probably be a pretty sick place to be living in because they just essentially are always just eating like fish and just chilling by the beach so i think that's probably the best place so what you're saying is, well, as an average Joe slash adventurer slash traveler slash boxer of chickens, we'll never be able to do anything exciting like meet the royal family or anything like that. They're either trapped in some sort of gemstone or put in some kind of sleep or like possessed by the demon kings. There's never really anything going well for the royal family in the game. Well, I mean, considering you keep playing your ocarina and removing their furniture... <laughs> Yeah, they don't stay royal for long. It's very uh, Viva la Revolution in the, in the Zelda game. I mean, you've got the Traveller who turns out to be the king. You've got Bubble Grandpa, which still kills me to this day. That, of course, was when you and I were playing through Wind Waker for the first time. And you find out that, is it the boat? is the king yeah the boat you've been riding on is the royal family so i mean there's always the chance that you'll hop on board the next ferry and turns out you're actually riding royalty am i gonna hop on like the zelda bus or the zelda spirit train and then all of a sudden i'm like oh yeah it was like a cousin of the royal family or something i've not played that game but that would be very funny if it turned out that the train itself was just just uncle daryl it's like the anastasia of that world (laughs) i escaped being killed but i got turned into a train it's like how On a scale of one to how, please tell me how this happened. (laughs) So we've basically got Pixar tier royal families. Is that what you're saying? What, in that the parents always die? Well... (laughs) No, I was making a comparison to, like, cars or planes. Oh, right. (laughs) Way to bring down the mood, Andrew, jeez. Yeah, you've got some, like, Transformers-esque royal family. Oh, my God. Royals in disguise. Yeah, King King Optimus Prime. I mean, I would play that game. 
I'm not going to lie, I would play that. Lord Bumblebee. Well, can you imagine going to Hyrule and, you know, going through the castle, you sneak through the guards, and that is literally just a Transformer waiting for you, you know, instead of Princess Zelda. Still wearing that Zelda-like dress. No, 100%. They've had to tailor make her. So it fits on. I didn't even know there was that much material in Hyrule. There isn't. We had to invade several other countries just to get the material. Roll out. Roll out, exactly. Got the Gorons all sort of rolling away. Either that or she's got a chicken dress don't pretend you wouldn't want to see that come on <laughs> come on <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, see, on a scale of one to absolutely batshit insane, how likely is it that the average Joe is going to, to quote a very famous character, to meet with a terrible fate? Pretty likely that your average Joe in his other world will just meet with a terrible fate. But, I mean, it is video game logic and it is a children's game, ultimately. So, like, often even those you encounter in, like, Breath of the Wild out in the street, like, if they got knocked out, they're just kind of, like, dizzy on the ground. Like, they don't actually die. So, I mean... It doesn't seem like anyone quote unquote meets the terrible fate. I mean, because when Link gets hurt too much and then like quote unquote dies, it could be interpreted that he actually just passes out and then you, you're, you're back up to be like, hey, I'm at it again. So maybe that's what happens to everyone else. Maybe everyone else just like passes out, gets back up and it's like, ugh, this happens so often. This is so frustrating, but here I am dealing with this weird goblin demon world trying to make my life as a uh, door-to-door pottery salesman a reality I just want to see that on a t-shirt I can't stand this weird goblin world <laughs> just with a triforce underneath it with a sad face yeah but then again it's like you never really think and again this is a huge problem with all games but you never really think slash care about the NPCs if that makes sense if you know Link dies obviously he has to come back he's the hero of time and everything but if like average Joe the pottery salesman gets hypothetically gets bludgeoned to death by a sea of chickens you know <laughs> it's like is it the chickens that are puppeteering his dead body being like I'm okay well no chicken can seemingly die so there would be a vat like huge issue with like chicken populations going like rampant and like no one would have chicken nuggets just ever i mean that's just a sad sad world really so i mean that's that's probably the darkest aspect that we've discussed today so in summary no chicken nuggets no chicken nuggets i don't want to live in this hell world goblin infested hellscape this chicken nuggetless goblin world as opposed to a world like pokemon where it's heavily implied you eat <laughs> these animals yeah no 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 I'm, I'm sure it's fine there's not a lot of vegetarians in the pokemon world which i get kind of one last point but is there not like a cooking mechanic in breath of the wild yeah i was actually just about to bring that up because i mean you can there are other birds you can shoot down and eat so there's there's variations of different poultry you can have but just cuckoos cuckoos are off the menu looks like cuckoos are back on the menu boys <laughs> Yeah, so no, they're not. They're very much not. You're not allowed to eat cuckoos, but like everything else is, almost everything else is game. Other than like maybe like horses and like cows. No, that's not true. You can kill a bull um, and eat a bull. So I guess that counts. But like, yeah, you can, you can hunt goats as you encountered when you got attacked by a goat that one time. Oh yeah, of course. I keep forgetting about that goat. Every time like, I bring up Zelda, I'm like, what a child-friendly game with no inconveniences. You get headbutted by a goat and you're like, oh yeah. Can you actually kill the goat? Yeah, you can take its meat, cook it. Here's the very morbid question. What if you were hungry and you ended up upon Lon Lon Ranch? hypothetical <laughs> well you can't you seemingly can't attack any of the 
horses or cows there and god help you if you try to attack the chickens but there is plenty of milk for you to to enjoy lon lon milk which seems to have some sort of alcoholic property because in majora's mask there is a scene where two sisters are like hugging each other and grieving and you find out that like one of the sisters the little sister is going to be allowed to drink this like special lon lon milk today and it kind of is inferred that it'll have some sort of numbing property so that when the moon eventually like crashes into the earth and like kills them that she won't be scared and won't feel anything and so there's so- there seems to be some sort of interesting property to lon lon milk at least in the majora's mask uh, universe which is termina not not hyrule imagine putting that in the advertising are you afraid of death drink a long long milk you'll forget all about it i mean they, they used to call they used to call opium milk of the poppy i think didn't they yeah but you don't get milk of the poppy from a cow surely <laughs> <laughs> you, you do if it's a cow called Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like quite a brutal world. Is there any way to survive or do I just have to keep playing my ocarina to at most get people wet? You know, like that living La Vida Loca song where it's just play it. Yeah, just constantly. Yeah, I think you're kind of just like sitting there just praying that some magical elf boy will stop his like 13th quest to find the the missing acorn and instead try and defeat the the king of evil because can you imagine the awkwardness of having to go to his village the one in ocarina of time you know you march there and it's like will ferrell and elf it's like the tall guy and the rest are just the really short elves it's like okay where's link come on enough of this nonsense get out your bed instead of navi waking you up gently it's just like this face pressed against the window just like Link do you believe in fairies <laughs> well you have to you might encounter uh, Tingle in each incarnation of the Zelda world who is convinced that he is a fairy himself and that's uh, that's terrifying enough so is Tingle part of that village no Tingle is a Hylian who desperately wants to be a fairy and is convinced that he is a fairy and so acts in that way and dresses in that way in the belief that that is how fairies are like children of the fairy village or whatever it is act it's essentially a very confused gentleman my question really is a where does he live and b how can i throw as many chickens in there as possible to get rid of them uh i don't really have an answer for the latter unfortunately the former it depends from game to game in wind waker i think you'll you might recall he has like a watchtower that like he and his siblings i think all like work at and like he like deciphers maps and like you get into like debt with tingle to uh buy these various maps to map out this like water world it's a pretty frightening thought to be in debt to what is like essentially a fairy like loan shark is that not where the memes come from though the tingle's gonna break your kneecaps i don't think it's a meme i think it's something we came up with (laughs) (laughs) oh that that has to be the quote of the episode it's not a meme it's real life it's crippling dead tom nook has nothing on tingle you'd pray for tom nook (laughs) Gonna make Tom Nook look like Professor Oak. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrifying. So does he have any powers? Or like is he just has he just got a sledgehammer? His power is, is uh, leveraging you against your debt. Basically what you're saying is everything you've said before about worrying about the moon falling on you, getting drunk off of milk, the spiders, Ganon, everything, the world ending, I don't have to care about that. I just have to care about locking my doors before Tingle comes and kicks them down yeah he's essentially the krampus of the world i uh, it's, it's my, my own head cannon. <laughs> 
Is it the Krampus or the Beetlejuice? Like, see if you say his name three times in a mirror. Oh, I'm not going to. No, no, please don't, because I don't want to read on the news, Canadian man bet to death by man who calls himself a fairy. By his own arm. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. It would as well. I bet you he was the first person to get, like, the skeleton bow hobbling arm and just be like, Haha, I can use this as a weapon. And everyone's like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? Tingle? There's different skeletal versions as well, because there's the skeleton version of the Bacoblin, and there's a the skeleton version of the Moblin, which essentially is like lanky Bacoblins. And then it's also a skeletal version of the Lizalfos, which essentially is like lizard monsters. And the fun thing with those is if you take the arm of a Lizalfo, it's like bent in a weird angle, and so it's a, essentially a boomerang. So you can like throw it and it'll come back to you. Joe, you know, I completely forgot all about those lizard people. I don't know you would have even gotten far enough to play, to play against them. <laughs> I didn't, but I remember you were playing Ocarina of Time and you got to know. You did what I couldn't, so thank you. <laughs> I just remember they were like really hard to defeat because, you know, they kept jumping back and forward. Is that the right ones? I'm thinking though. Yeah, well, I mean, they do exist in Ocarina of Time. They're not very commonly found there. Same in Twilight Princess, they're not super common. But in Breath of the Wild, they are very common. They are very fast, which makes them quite tricky to, to fight against. And they're very good in the water. And so like... They can swim super fast and they like, launch themselves out of the water and they can like fire water blasts at you, which will hurt you. Essentially, just like spit water at you. So yeah, they're they're a pain in the ass, essentially. So what you're saying is they like to LARP as Pokemon at times. Yes, they are essentially Pokemon. There's different like versions of them because you can get like ice ones and you can get like fire ones, which will like breathe fire on you. So like there's weird different variations and some of them use like camouflage. So you can be like just like walking down the street and then it'll like jump out and be like, surprise, bitch. So what you're saying is it's like Pokemon meets a new York street gang essentially with elemental powers yeah they're always just like clicking their fingers just like as they like approach you you walked into the wrong neighborhood it's like oh no please there's mr tingles like closely behind is it mr tingle or is it just tingle i think it's just tingle is this like a please mr tingle was my father <laughs> call me tingle as he goes to break your kneecaps you know you're like oh jesus is there anything else before we wrap up is there anything else that i should know about this world before packing my bags as quickly as possible and getting the hell out of here. Yeah, I mean, there may be areas of games that I have not played that would make a suitable, livable environment for your average folk. But I don't think that there's much cause to want to live in the world of Zelda. It would be very cool to visit. I think it would be very, very fun to sort of be in that world, and I want to be in that world. But like, I don't think there's much cause to live live there. I think I'd much rather live in the Pokemon world than the Zelda world. Well, we've got a whole episode on why you shouldn't do that. Oh, okay. Then I I, I don't know where I'll, where I'll start from then. I mean, you could do, but you're going to have to beat up a lot of children mm-hmm. and uh, fight a lot of gods, fight a lot of aliens. When is the negatives coming in? God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> so, yeah, let's pack our bags. <laughs> yeah, because the only thing I can think of that we haven't mentioned is, I can't remember if it is Bokoblins or it's like a variation of them. And if that's not Bokoblins, so it's something else in the, I think it's the Famicom version of the very first Zelda game where you had to like shout into the mic on the controller. Yeah. But obviously they don't have a microphone in the NES controller. So they kept it in the manual saying that these types of 
Rangers hated loud noises and that was the reason why. But I'm just thinking, can you imagine waking up every morning, seeing them outside and just having to yell to get them to bugger off? That, that happens in, in the wild. Like, I mean, there's certain there's certain like animals that you just need to like shout at because they will otherwise will intrude on your property. Especially over here in Canada, there's a few, there's a few you'll have to do that too. <laughs> just leaning out your window going, I'm on the night shift. Get away. Piss off. <laughs> That's off. And they just say, like, oh, sorry, don't mean it's to. It's like, Octorok is like, wow, what an asshole. What is a dodongo before we finish? Because <laughs> I had brief flashbacks to Zelda CDI there, and I just remember. <laughs> so like some dodongos. What is a dodongo? Should I be concerned? A dodongo is like a big lizard that, like, shoots out fire out of its mouth and has, like, a weak spot at, like, its tail. Or oh. sometimes the weak spot is bomb related. In Ocarina of Time, in the Goron Temple, you fight against King Dodongo who's just a giant version of that and you defeat him by throwing a bomb into his mouth when he's about to fire some like fire breath so yeah a Dodongo is a big lizard that shoots fire and has a tail weak spot or its weak spot is bombs which like I mean I think that's most things weak spots well I mean <laughs> yeah. not to put a dampener on it but I feel as if a bomb is a pretty effective means of defeating any video game boss or yeah just in general yeah so I'll add that to the list then so what you're saying is the real weakness was the friends we made along the way and the Dodongos we bombed along the way. Bombs, on the other hand, actually are not that hard to acquire. If you're in Twilight Princess, there's a specific bomb store where a guy like specializes in bombs. So like, I don't know how many people are buying bombs that like it's a thriving business that he has, but maybe that is what the majority of people use on a day-to-day basis to defend themselves. So what you're telling me is that you can't defend yourselves with like a shield, with anything, a sword, an axe, nothing they don't sell it but they're like oh yeah bombs here you go pretty much yes and on that note (laughs) do you think this is a appropriate place just to end the episode because i feel as if this is a world we do not want to live in before we finish up do you think that people should live in the legends of zelda world no (laughs) good talk thank you no i i totally agree obviously in the last episode that we did i made the argument of not living in the pokemon world and obviously that's because of super powered monsters criminal organizations that kind of thing but it really doesn't seem as if zelda's any better one of the other issues i mean it's a fantasy world that is not really advanced plumbing or medicine in place yet oh jesus yeah you're just probably gonna die like dysentery at some point boring way to die in Legends of Zelda. The continue screen comes up because Link drank the wrong from the wrong river. Yeah, it's like Oregon Trail X Legend of Zelda collab. So the collab we've all been waiting for where Link gets dysentery. This world gets darker and darker. Can you imagine healthcare in this universe? Well, I mean, they had the healthcare I can only assume is just potion-based or, you know, like a fairy in a bottle you can get. So like that seems to heal you no matter what. So I guess universal healthcare just involves trapping fairies. Yeah, but that's the thing though. Do you have to get like a healthcare plan where it's like, oh, do you have enough hearts to like extend your life? No? Oh, well then there's nothing we can do. Just go to this cave and go get them yourself. Well, why don't you get them? And it's like, sir, the only thing they sell in this village is bombs I do not want to run across this dusty ass field it's filled with zombies skeletons the insurance premium is just ridiculous exactly and you know who runs it Tingle true he's got his uh, his fingers in a lot of pies they call him the Wall Street Baker yeah because he just he, he collects that's all I'll say he collects rupees he collects kneecaps you know he's a very varied individual is what I'm saying so basically the economy shambles healthcare shambles 
actually defending herself shambles the whole ganondorf and power shambles and yeah the royal family not doing anything because they're trapped in bubbles or they decided to cosplay as boats it would have been more funny if the boat opened up and the king was inside the boat the entire time like can you imagine that reveal where it was like link I've been under the floorboard this entire Yeah, he, time. Is, he is in the boat himself. He's just like in a compartment of the boat and he's just been really stinky and staying in a box. <laughs> Link, let me out. Okay, boat, we're going on an adventure. No, you don't understand. I've been kidnapped. It's the thought of like the boat listing, you know, to one side. He, he's a chunky king. That's all I'm saying. He would definitely, you know, it would be like, you know, speedboats i'm aware when you drive one of them and it's like the top kind of lifts up because the engine's on the back yes <laughs> it's about like that but with zelda <laughs> with the boat i can still hear the king to this day i'm still under the boat i can still hear him. never buy a boat in zelda that's basically the final moral of the story <laughs> yeah i might try i might transform and just walk out on you just like my last boat <laughs> And on that very depressing note, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me in this episode and giving your Zelda expertise. That was very insightful. Thank you for having me. It was good fun. I enjoyed this uh, discussion and kind of realisation of, yeah, I probably do not want to live in the Zelda world. That's how I felt with Pokemon. The more and more I talked about it, the more I thought, Jesus, this is horrific. Hard to live there. Oh yeah, no, no, definitely. You would live there until you saw the Beedrills. And then again, going back to Wickerman, you'd be like, oh, not the Beedrills. They're in my eyes. But... Yeah, thank you all so, so much for listening to this episode. If you would like to live in the Zelda world or the universe as a whole, yeah, feel free to drop us a message and let us know what your thoughts are because, yeah, personally, as you heard, we are probably not the biggest of fans of this world, but yeah, let us know. If you uh, are interested in seeing Satsunami's reaction to more Legend of Zelda content, we do have a Let's Play channel that we've not added to in a long time, but there's content there from se- for several episodes of our Breath of the Wild playthrough. That's true. If you go over to the Satsunami42 YouTube channel, then yeah, you can check me basically getting hit by goats, getting bodied by the <laughs> ancient sculptures and things, falling off of roofs. Yeah, it's, it's a great time. It's family friendly is what I'd say. Yeah, no swearing, no anger issues, just me getting my ass kicked a thousand and ten percent. And for legal reasons, that was a joke. No, I'd agree with that. Definitely go check that out. And Andrew, before we finish up, where can these lovely listeners at home find some of your content? Well, I have been streaming occasionally, uh, more recently, on my Twitch channel, GreenShield95. You can also find me on Twitter, that same Twitter handle. And uh, where can the fine folks find your content, Satsunami? Well, I'm glad you asked, GreenShield95. So you can find more of our episodes on podpage.com forward slash Satsunami. If you want to check out more of our content on gaming, films, anime. Andrew and I, of course, run a fantastic sub-series called Chats and Nanny, where we dive into the weird and wonderful world of anime. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, please feel free to check that. The weeb and wonderful. I wish I had said that now. Thank you. So, yeah, if you're into that, then definitely go check it out. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, and really any good podcast app. Just look for the name Chatsunami, and we'll see you there. But until then, thank you all so, so much for listening. Stay safe, stay awesome, stay hydrated.
And most importantly... It's dangerous to go alone and take this. Well, I was going to say that, and please, for the love of God, stop playing your ocarina. It is raining so heavily outside. That's just Scotland. I say stay hydrated, but I don't mean that hydrated. Jesus. 